I'm your host, Raza Mughal, and welcome to The Millennial Father on today's episode. Dealing with a lockdown, starting to eat solids, how decision-making has changed as a new father. All right, let's get it. COVID-19 new cases have been rising here in Ontario. Most of the province was in phase three, which meant everything was open, malls, barbershops, nail salons, but the cases kept rising at an alarming rate. So specific regions, including Peel, the one that I live in, were put into lockdown. Basically, this means going back to the essentials, only having grocery stores and gas stations open. Restaurants are only allowed to provide takeout. Yesterday, it was announced that the entire province will be entering a lockdown starting December 26th, so all of the holidays coming up are going to be spent at home. Living in these circumstances has been highly unusual because we live less than a five-minute drive away from Oakville. If you literally drive down the street, everything is open. But what are you going to do? Needless to say, I've been spending a lot of time at home being an excellent father and husband, A few podcasts ago, I mentioned that my energy level was down, I hadn't been exercising and sleeping that well, so I thought I'd address that topic. Well, since then, I've started exercising regularly, and by regularly, I mean two to three times a week. I got two sets of dumbbells at home, one set of 20s and one set of 40s. Actually, I have a set of 5s as well, and I try to do as many different workouts as I can using them. I've got to be honest with you, it's nice to exercise, but it gets kind of discouraging doing it in my basement, not being in the gym. I miss going to the gym, man, being around the people, having lots of space, trying out different machines. It's been 10 months since I've gone, almost a full year, and the desire to go back has been hitting me more lately, especially as the weather gets colder. Rather than exercising, I find walking outside helps improve my mood and energy. Being outside, enjoying the fresh air, I'd highly recommend to do that, especially if you live in Canada. We're going to be hitting the hardcore winter weather fairly soon, so try to get your steps in. In terms of sleep, I try to stretch it as much as possible. On weekdays, I try to get about 8 hours, and on weekends, I've been sleeping in till about 10, 11 o'clock, which I haven't done in several years. But you know what? The combination of fresh air and the extra sleep has definitely improved my energy levels. Along with these activities, I've also started doing other ones more, reading and writing. Typically when I write, I do it on the computer, but lately I've switched to handwriting, which has helped reduce my screen time. However, another reason I feel I've become more energetic is because of what time of the year it is. It's Christmas time, and even though I'm a Muslim and I don't celebrate it, I still enjoy the energy that comes along with it. You know, you drive down the streets and people have their lights up. If you talk to people, they're generally in a jollier mood. I've enjoyed Christmas time the month of December my whole life, and I'm truly happy that it's here. Typically, every year, Sabrina and I go to the distillery district in Toronto to check out all the Christmas lights and goodies they got there. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that this year, so instead we went to a drive through light show in Vaughan. It was fun. We had to wait about 30 minutes to get in. It cost about $30, but it was worth it. We got to see these unique and colorful Christmas lights. There was a Santa Claus at the end of it saying ho ho ho. And even though we were in our car, it was nice to be in an area with lots of people. It was absolutely packed. Plus, we got to enjoy doing all this from the comfort of our car. It was Zia's first Christmas-related event, and even though he won't remember it, it was fun to take him. It's an activity I'd never taken part in before. I'd highly recommend it to people going forward, 
Personally, I like to be outside during these kinds of events, but you still want to find a way to enjoy your time, right? Another activity that I've taken up that I used to do a lot more of before is watch stand-up comedy. There are a lot of popular shows out there right now that I've heard people talk about, and by people I mean my wife and my family members, and they're all about such serious subject matter. The Crown, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, these are great shows, but they aren't funny. When you laugh, your body naturally releases dopamine and you feel good. It's a natural soothing. You don't always have to take those tranquility pills that the Queen's Gambit lady is taking to soothe yourself. A couple of stand-ups I watched were the Kevin Hart and the Kevin James one on Netflix. The Kevin Hart one was alright. I actually had a deep, heavy laugh when he discussed his kids and his interactions with their teachers at the private school they go to. The Kevin James one was very PG, a little too PG, like the strongest swear word this guy used was crap. Ten-year-old kids were sitting in the crowd with their grandparents for God's sakes. But you know what? That's a major complaint I hear from older men who do have kids is that they can't watch stand-up with their kids because it's too crude. So I guess it was cool that I chuckle out loud. No, it was more of an internal snicker. Comedy is a very subjective matter. That's the thing some people don't get. One time I told this guy at work that a pipe burst in my apartment and it got flooded and he thought it was the funniest thing ever. It wasn't funny to me, but it was funny to him. What are you going to do? Now let's move on to Zia and his development through the fourth month. We started off the month at the doctor's office again. The wager this time over under 14 pounds for his weight. To be honest with you, I don't remember what I took, the over or the under. We have Tim's instant coffee at home now and it tastes exactly the same as if you were getting it in the store. So I've personally stopped caring. At this appointment, Zia got three vaccines, the Rotatec, the Prevnar, and the Pediacle. The Pedicle, not sure if I'm saying it right, the Pediacle. The Rotatec vaccine provides protection from the rotavirus. The Prevnar vaccine helps protect against pneumonia and meningitis, and the Pediacle, the Pedicle vaccine protects against diphtheria, and other various diseases. Again, I wasn't allowed to the appointment because of, I know it's a big mystery, yes, the coronavirus, so I had to wait at home for all of the results. If you remember from the last time, Zia's weight gain rate had compressed a bit, so I was interested to find out if the dream feeding that was recommended by the doctor was working. Sabrina came home and yeah, everything was back to normal, which was incredible news. However, Sabrina had additional information on her as well. Ooh, a real mystery. She was told by the doctor that if Zia could firmly hold up his head during tummy time, he'd be given the go-ahead to eat solids. Apparently, they tested him out at the appointment and he just laid there on his stomach and cried for 30 seconds straight. I was extremely excited by this news because it's been a while now that Zia really hones in on us while we eat. His eyes widen when the food comes out and he'll even imitate us as we chew. At first, I thought something was stuck in his mouth, then I slowly realized, wait, he's copying me. How dare he? So yeah, once I found out that this was the next step, the next strengthening part, I was on a mission to get him to do this. We started doing tummy times two to three times a day so we could get this kid some solids. In terms of his cognitive and physical abilities, during this fourth month, Zia had made incredible strides in his development, more than I've observed in any other one. At the start of this month, he would hold a toy in his hand if I opened his hand and wrapped his fingers around it. Now he reaches out for toys himself and plays with them. His attention span has increased. At the gym set we have, before he'd spend max 15 minutes at it, now he'll spend up to an hour there. 
Earlier in the month for a week, Sabrina went to her parents' house. During this time, Zia increased his tummy time and even did a couple of rollovers. It sucked that I wasn't there for it, but Sabrina recorded it for me and I got to watch it later on. There's just something about Niagara Falls that this kid loves. The first time he went there, he started smiling. This time he went there and he started rolling over. Incredible! Interacting with him now versus a month ago is completely different. As time goes on, I feel he recognizes me more. I have my go-to faces that I make which can make him laugh. When I enter a room, he gets excited. He can differentiate between people too. Like when certain people FaceTime with him, he has different laugh reaction levels for each person. I don't want to say who gets the most or it might start a FaceTime war and I don't want that happening. Or do I? Anyways, another action that I feel Zia has become additionally conscious of is his ability to make sounds. If we leave him in the rocker or at the gym set on his own, he'll make sounds that vary in a huge range from grunts to high-pitched screams to fake cries. It's like he's trying to figure out what he likes and what he wants to keep in his repertoire. All of his development is incredible to observe, however, there are downsides to it too. In the last podcast, I mentioned that Zia would go to sleep on his own in the crib. Well, yeah, that stopped now. He still does it from time to time, but lately he's become more clingy. I think because he can tell who's entered the room and also when he's in the crib. Sometimes I'll be holding him and he'll appear to be fully asleep, but then the moment his back touches the crib mattress, he'll wake up. It's gone from putting the pacifier back in his mouth to putting him to sleep and then putting him into the crib to him sleeping in our bed. Yes, Zia now sleeps in the bed with Sabrina. I've been kicked out and I'm fortunate we have another bed I can sleep on. It doesn't happen all the time, just occasionally, but lately it's been happening more often. To be honest with you, I get better sleep on the other bed anyways because I don't notice Sabrina's movements anymore. But you know how it is, you gotta pretend that you hate it. So I'll make a whole speech about it, how it sucks to be sleeping in another bed and all that, but secretly, I'm ecstatic. For me, it's fine, but the point is, I don't want this to become a habit. I don't want this kid growing up, 12 years old, still sleeping in my bed. You know, it's the holiday season, everyone's in a joyous mood, so it's cool, but I feel, yeah, we're going to have to nip this bad behavior out and clamp down on it in the new year. So at the start of the month, the doctors told us if Zia's able to hold up his head on his own confidently, then we could start feeding him solids. Sabrina and I kept up the tummy times throughout the month, and by the end of the fourth month, he was doing it. Zia was holding up his head on his own without any support. Following this, the decision came. Do we give him solids before consulting the doctor or after? I was all about giving the food. I mean... This doctor doesn't control our lives, right? Yes, she is an expert, but he looked ready to me and he was meeting all the expectations that she had put in place. Sabrina, though, was not about it. She didn't want to feed him until the doctor would confirm at the five-month appointment. As time progressed, I think Sabrina saw the eagerness and desire in Zia's eyes to eat. Every time we ate in front of him, he'd start motioning his mouth up and down. When we drank water, he was taking imaginary gulps. It got ridiculous. Eventually, Sabrina caved in and she bought the baby cereal for his first feed. We did a lot of prep for this colossal event. We got the baby chair out. There was a baby spoon that I didn't know we had that was brought out. His bib was already on because he's been drooling nonstop. To be frank with you, I was revved up to give this kid baby food. There's not much going on in our lives. We've been locked up at home. The fact that we were going to feed him solids was the equivalent of me going to play laser tag as a kid for the first time. 
Now it was finally time to give him the food. Who's going to give him the first bite? Automatically, I thought it was going to be me. As a father, I've always been second in the feeding department. This was my opportunity to give him some sort of food for the first time. However, Sabrina was very insistent that it be her and I didn't want to retort either. I mean, she does take care of him most of the time. She feeds him most of the time. She bought the cereal. She warmed it up. I was just like, all right, you can do it. In my head, I knew right now we're fighting to feed him. In a few months from now, we'll be fighting about who has to feed him. It was just the moment. I wanted to feed him, but whatever. There's nothing wrong with silver. Now the procedure we found from researching was that you should give your child one type of food a week to give yourself time to observe them, make sure they don't have any allergic reaction. However, me and Sabrina were impatient. By day three, we were convinced that he was good and that we could move on to a new type of food. I'll add a little bit of suspense and cover what we did in the next podcast. As advice though, I'll reiterate the instructions we were given, which were to wait for the baby to be able to hold his head up and then give him cereal to start off the journey into solids. Also, once your kid starts eating solids, you don't switch over completely to solids. I believe you do it for only one meal a day. The primary source of nourishment is still supposed to be breast milk or formula. Moving on, now that the fourth month is complete for Zia, I thought I'd reflect upon what's discussed in the new father book version 3 by Armin Brat during this month. It covers a lot of topics that I discussed above, the motor and physical changes that the baby goes through, which I feel the book does an excellent job of explaining if you're looking to understand exactly what your baby is going through at an in-depth physiological level. In addition, specifically for fathers, it covers topics like rethinking what it is to be a man and the idea that your life has changed forever. I guess if you're still struggling with those topics, it'd be nice to go over them. In my opinion, you're constantly going through these ideas. I don't know why it would specifically hit you in the fourth month. One aspect of the chapter that I really liked was that it gives a breakdown of nine temperaments a baby has. And then it gives you an opportunity to do a quiz to see how easy your baby is to handle. After completing it, I realized Zia was all right. So I'm grateful for that. But if they don't have a good temperament, then what are you going to do? Trade your kid's temperament for another kid's? No, it doesn't work like that. Anyways, I just wanted to add that the book was an excellent resource for learning more. Being a father, I now think differently about most of the decisions I make in life. How do I spend my time? Where do I spend my time? How do I spend my money? The decision-making process of all these questions have been altered with the arrival of Zia. The lease on my car just came up and I made a switch to an SUV. If Sabrina and I didn't have a kid, would we still make the switch? I don't think so. I'll tell you straight up, we went from a Honda Accord to a CRV. And let me tell you, the Accord was sweet. It drove smoothly, electronically, it was in tune with everything I needed. However, since becoming a father, I noticed all the baby equipment and gear you need to haul around. And even though most of the things are small items, they start adding up. The baby bag, the car seat. When we'd stay at someone's house, we'd take the rocker, a suitcase for our clothes. At certain points, while we were driving, the car was completely crammed. I'd be sitting beside a baby rocker. The trunk was filled with stuff. It was getting a little tight. Now, we were making do and getting along, but there would be those occasions where we would have to transport an additional item, like when we moved around the basketball net or if we had to bring an additional piece of furniture, we'd have to, you know, play Tetris to fit everything in. The other reason I switched was because the SUV is four wheel drive, which means more safety while I'm on the road and it's elevated, which helps protect more in case, God forbid, we get into a car crash. 
Being a father, taking into consideration the needs of Zia and potential future kids factored into the decision of making the switch from a car to an SUV. I just wanted to use this example to show how being a father has impacted me in making a major decision in my life. I'm not a big SUV person, but I see it being beneficial down the road for my family. We've already used the extra space to move around some equipment, so there you go. My advice to new dads is this, take the time and weigh in the point that you are a father when making big decisions. I have a lot of friends moving or looking to move, and man, when I talk to them, having a kid or more potential kids is a big element that goes into their decision-making process, and it should. And that's all, folks. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please provide feedback at my website, www.themillennialfather.com. And please follow the podcast on whatever platform you're using. I've been using Anchor to create my podcast and distribute it. So if you're thinking of creating your own podcast, I'd highly recommend that. You can follow me on Instagram as well under the.millennialfather. Until next time.